0: All right. Uh, We got some data regarding the uh, U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and uh, some of the states with the highest rates of workplace discrimination. Here to discuss uh, is our pal, Mr. John Bell. What a job he does, the Bell Law Group. Uh, One of the best as far as uh, labor attorneys and everything else in the workplace. Nobody better than Mr. Bell, and always great to reconnect with him. Sir, welcome on this uh, Monday morning. Uh, give me uh, give me a sense of what's going on here with these numbers now. Good
1: morning, Jay. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for having me on once again. So, yeah, there was some EEOC data, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, data that came out for fiscal year 2022. And the fiscal year 2022 ends September of 2023, so it's very relevant today. They reported 73,485 new discrimination charges, and they noted that's up almost 20% from the previous fiscal year. And, Jay, being that I'm in this field, I've noticed it, too. We're getting more and more calls regarding discrimination. Now, 73,485 doesn't seem that much... uh, Um, countrywide, but that's not all the discrimination complaints. Remember, like here in New York, you could file something through the New York State or New York City Division of Human Rights. So it's not counting those claims that they have similar uh, commissions, state by state, or you could file something directly in state court and uh, not include these federal claims. So there's a lot more than that. Uh, Interestingly, uh, the article uh, broke out the uh, 10 most common states that are facing these discrimination claims. No. Uh, New York, not on, not on the list. Uh, Tennessee is the top one. Then you have Arkansas, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Alabama, Maryland, Mississippi, Illinois, North Carolina, and Delaware. So that's the top 10 offenders, I guess you could call them. Uh, What I found even more interesting about this article, Jay, was, you know, discrimination could be uh, based upon a lot of different classes, race, age, religion, gender, disability. But they found the most common one was retaliation. And that's very concerning because retaliation normally is your strongest claim. And as a lawyer, everybody knows it's the easiest to prove. So I thought uh, we could go over the different types of retaliation yeah. that get filed in the EEOC. Go
0: ahead, right? my friend. So,
1: so if I'm an employee and I file with the EEOC or I engage in that type of protected activity and my employer retaliates against me because I filed the charge with the EEOC, that is a very strong case of, of uh, retaliation and that's protected under the law. Also, if I'm a co-worker and I fill out a witness statement for the EEOC that supports the employee, and the employer retaliates against me, that's also protected, uh, protected activity. If I'm an employee and I don't even go to the EEOC, but I go to my employer, my supervisor, and I say, hey, I feel like I'm being treated differently because of my race or because of my age or, or in this day and age because of my religion, and then uh, as a result the employer retaliates against me, that's protected as well. If I have a disability uh, and I'm requesting an accommodation, or I have a religious uh, accommodation I'm requesting, and the employer retards, now understand I could get denied the accommodation as long as it's done correctly, but I can't be retaliated against for requesting that accommodation. Or if I complain of discrimination, and the employer does a job, a good job, investigates it, and determines that there's no discrimination. That's not retaliation, but retaliation is punishing the employee because they made that complaint or they said they witnessed sexual harassment. If you turn around and punish that employee, whether you fire them, demote them, suspend them, uh, put them in a, some uh, different employment situation that's adverse to them, that's all retaliation. So there's a lot of ways to fit within this retaliation.
0: But here's situation. the thing, John. Uh, isn't it hard to prove? It seems to me just an endless cycle of events that could occur. Let's say somebody's not living up to standards. Uh, let's say uh, that, uh, you know, maybe an employee is taking advantage of the system. Uh, maybe an employer uh, has to uh, kind of uh, set things straight in order for other employees to kind of witness this. Uh, how hard is it to prove of actual discriminatory events that have taken place uh, against a, uh, against an employer here?
1: That's a great question, Jay. So just because somebody has an allegation, that doesn't mean that they proved their case. If an employee comes up with an allegation of, let's say, retaliation, the employer gets to come forward and show that it wasn't retaliation. It was a legitimate, non-discriminatory reason Taking that, whatever that action it was, if it was a demotion, and they're saying that it was performance-related, then has that person been written up in the past? Do they have a file on that person from a prior, from from before the uh, protected activity that shows that this employee was not performing up to standard? So you have to normally show this stuff through circumstantial evidence to show, and the employee has to basically show that they were a good employee, they were performing just as well as everybody else. And once they made the complaint about discrimination, the employer started to take adverse employment actions against them that were unjustified. Right. There are elements of a claim that employee has to prove and employer does have defenses without question. However, if an employee makes a complaint and then the retaliation occurs shortly thereafter with no other prior disciplinary history for an employee that's been there for a while. Due to that fact, and a judge or a jury could presume that the motivation was retaliation.
0: Wow. I and mean, that is unbelievable. John Bell talking about discrimination uh, in the workplace. Uh, top 10, tech Tennessee ranking uh, number one. Tennessee, uh, Arkansas, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Alabama, Maryland, Mississippi, Illinois, North Carolina, Delaware, no New York. A lot of people wondering here, where's New York with all this, John? Uh, you know, New York has had some contentious areas uh, as far as uh, you know a lot of categories are concerned. Uh, is New York on the in the top twenty? You don't have that.
1: Yeah, Jay, I don't have that information. But again, speaking from personal experience, because this is what we do—we represent both the employee side and the employer side—it's keeping me very busy. There are a ton of claims, and I th- honestly, I think the reason why New York is technically not on this list. Is because a lot of employees file through the New York State Division of Human Rights, file through the New York City Division of Human Rights, go straight into state court and pursue these claims. Because our state and city law claims mirror almost mirror, or sometimes are a little bit more employee friendly than the federal sector claim. So uh, I think that this doesn't show the full snapshot of people filing in in New York and other states. With analogous New York, with, with analogous human rights state law claim.
0: Hmm, interesting, uh, John Bell. With us a couple of minutes. Hey, do, do you think employers will kind of uh, shore up a little bit, maybe uh, button up somewhat here, uh, as far as this report? I mean, you know, listen it, it's not uh, it, it's not for them to prevail leading the news in this particular area. Here, it could hurt them in a lot of different ways bigger corporations and everything else, shareholders involved and whatnot here. Um, do you do you think, though, after something of this nature, uh, things get a little bit better in the workplace? Uh, do they, they kind of stagnate somewhat here? What What has been the trend regarding some of this stuff?
1: Jay, yeah, I think it's going to continue to grow, to be quite honest with you. And uh, I, I just think generally, you know, employers, obviously there's a lot of very good people, People have their natural prejudices. Uh, you try to keep it out of the workplace. But understand these companies, they hire tons of supervisors and management. And a lot of times you're trying to run a business, you don't have time to sit there and train people as right. far as the management goes and training them against discrimination. And what is it? People don't know about a discrimination complaint. If someone, you know, if you're an employer, an employee complains about discrimination. And you do your job, and you find that it's really not discrimination. Some people think, well, that now, you know, the employee made it up, so it's natural. It's almost a natural instinct to say, okay, I, you know, the investigation shows that you made it up, so now, you know, I'm going to suspend you for a week. They don't know that that's protected activity. They think that's a logical thing to do. Or if I'm claiming somebody is discriminating against me because of my religion, even if they didn't, maybe I feel that I wholeheartedly feel that way. Obviously, the employer is going to get upset and be like, "I can't believe you're you're saying that I'm prejudiced," and you actually filed something in one of these administrative bodies, and then it's almost a natural thing for them to retaliate. So, uh, I think these things are going to continue. I think it, you know, the news brings it out that there are places to go, and don't get me wrong, a lot of times there are there, are, there I've seen horrible discrimination, uh, uh, you know, in my job, that no, sure, I do for a living in representing people. You know, I can tell, tell you that out of any 20 calls I get a day, maybe one one of them, I believe, are viable cases. So a lot of people believe that there's discrimination and there's not, but there's always that one out of 20 cases that call in, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that, that's what happened to you.
0: Not only that, but I, I would think also uh, the uptick in minimum wage in various areas around the country, especially here in New York, uh, you know, that has also ruffled some feathers of employers. Uh, because, you know, their bottom line now is affected. Not only that, they've got to raise consumer prices in in order to equate uh, to those numbers. So also there's a lot behind the scenes uh, that could certainly facilitate these types of feelings.
1: That's right. So, so you know, tying into discrimination to that, if if the cost of labor is rising too much and the employer has to lay off people, the question is, are they laying off all the older people? Right? So yeah. Then you've got to look at the class of people that are being laid off. But that's correct. It's certainly causing a problem, but that's a justifiable problem. If cost of labor goes up and you need to layer, lay off employees, as long as you're doing it in a non-discriminatory way, you could certainly do it. But, yes, some businesses are, are being forced to close as a result.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, what about those, as far as women are concerned, uh, who you know are pregnant while on the job and everything else? Uh, there's maternity leave involved. There's also paternity leave involved. Uh, on the other side, uh, how much does that play into it as far as extended time off and everything else? Do we have that categorized? So,
1: pregnancy discrimination is is rampant, and that's real. Uh, you know, employer, employers obviously rely on their employees. Once a uh, employee comes to the employer and says, "I, you know, I'm pregnant. I have to start taking some time off." for appointments and things of that nature. Uh, sometimes the employer, they don't mean to, but they, they just have to get certain work done, and they don't have the patience to deal with a situation like that. They know that maternity leave, they're going to be taking some time off uh, as a result of the baby being born. And they, they, do, they, they sometimes fire them, look to replace them. Those are very, very strong cases. So if you have an employee that's pregnant in the workplace, but you have to get your work done. You need to, there's there's, a, there's work that needs to get done. You should be wa- uh, working with a labor and employment attorney to tell you what your rights are, what you can do to ensure the work the work gets done. But you don't trump these uh, employees' rights.
0: Interesting. That's an interesting uh, study. I'll tell you that much with these numbers uh, coming into play regarding workplace uh, discrimination. Uh, charges across America. The average number, folks, over 2,800 every year in each state. Tennessee, though, happens to lead the way, the highest in the terms of these uh, charges at a rate of 79 per 100,000 people. So uh, John's keeping a look on these. Uh, I tell you, it's interesting stuff. Mr. the John Bell, of course, from the Bell Law Group. BellG.com, one of the best out there as far as employment, labor attorneys, you name it, representing a lot of these individuals. Uh, in play. Always great having you. Interesting stuff, my friend. We look forward to the next time.
1: All right, Jay. I really appreciate it. Have a great day.